0: primary
1: ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out.
0: You may fire
2: when ready. From the casinos of Vernon Conn, the minds of Kudo, I'm Grex Komdak, and you're listening to Core World News, a weekly Star Wars newscast bringing you in-depth coverage and analysis for the latest stories and content from around the galaxy. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to keep our signal transmitting galaxy-wide. Here is your news segment rundown for May 16th, 2019. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner, reading Star. and in all-new segment, don't everybody thank me at once. But first, it has been confirmed by Disney's chief executive, Bob Iger, that the untitled 2022 Star Wars film will be held by Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and Dee Weiss. In the same conference call, I went on to say that audiences can also expect one more Disney Plus series to go into production after Cassian Andor, which will be discussed in the all-new segment. Now for your hosts, Ben, Grant, and Adam to discuss.
1: Thank you, Grex. Yeah. Uh, wow, more exciting news. It's like, I, I didn't expect... Like, they're doing a really good job of keeping Star Wars relevant in a time of Avengers and Game of Thrones when they're dominating everything. It's like they're you know the top or they're feeding us these nuggets and this is really i mean this is vital and important and interesting stuff
0: yeah it's like they know that there's a weekly podcast that covers all the news and they're just <laughs> doling it out week by week
1: yeah well hey i mean we're doing we're doing uh whatever the forces work for them um so it makes sense that they feed us these things yeah. so we can proliferate their uh um you know not probably what's the word i'm looking for propaganda yeah or or whatever
0: no yeah, i like that
2: in, like in, in this downtime between films like i think we kind of we would rather cover the stories and the narratives and like you know the actual the actual content that they're putting out but in this downtime, it's like yeah we're going to cover all the stuff that's in this drip feed it's kind sure. of like sh- show business news i mean like this is this is all we have right now and it's, it's fun to discuss because we can actually get into the nitty-gritty about the creative process and i think that's exciting for for us yeah. at least
1: yeah. And I I love sort of imagining where this can go next. You know, this is just like I love Star Wars because I love putting my brain in the galaxy and just sort of feeling like what it's like, you know, in there. And, this, you know, some of the most fun ways to do that are not just like looking at it fall off the screen, but to sort of imagine, you know, these spaces in between and where it could go. So, um, yeah, this is awesome. I mean, same thing with sports. Don't know if there's sports fans out there, but like this is like the NBA offseason and they did a perfect thing where it's like there's a big thing about the draft and the lottery and stuff. And sometimes the off season in sports is some of my favorite things too. Cause hope springs eternal and you're sort of like, you know, trying to figure out what the team will look like next year or whatever. Yeah. Similar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. I let's, let's talk about this a little bit. I have a, I have a couple of thoughts about the Benioff and Weiss and, and we covered this quite a bit last week. So I don't think we're going to have a ton to say. Um, I have more kind of like, behind-the-scenes questions than content questions, because I felt like yeah. we dealt with that a lot last week. Um, so, I, you know, we're going to talk about this, and we got to obviously address the... indirectly address uh, the Game of Thrones backlash that's happened this week. I think we can do that without talking about our own varied opinions on Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? We- like the one I woke you up with this morning? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I think we ever do a Patreon. Uh, we should just do screen grabs. Uh, like one of the bonuses will be screen grabs of our texts back and forth <laughs> to put on. People can read our rants. I don't think anybody um, wants that. No. Maybe <laughs> he, I want it. Yeah, um, but it's it's an interesting week to choose to do this, right? Like they they did this right in the midst of of Penny Off and Weiss probably having one of the worst weeks of of their time on Game of Thrones. Yeah um and you know it's interesting uh, there's a couple of thoughts about this one it's very mark hamill of them to be like you know what any press is good press right like yeah game of thrones is mm-hmm. uh, in the news benny f are in the news let's let's capitalize this um at the same time you know star wars and lucasfilm and Captain kennedy has no problem yanking directors off projects yeah, uh, yeah. And it's odd because they've committed to, and we'll address this a little more because it was in there a little bit. They, they've committed to both Ryan Johnson, Ben and Weiss, and we talked about last week. It's hard to do that if you're going to do three trilogies over six years, starting in three years. If you do that math, that means Ryan Johnson gets a shot in a decade, which is odd. Um, so my wife has the tinfoil conspiracy theory of the day um and that's they chose to do this the week that they're getting hated on so much to create backlash in order to give kathleen kennedy and lucasfilm a reason to pull them off of star wars and give it over to ryan johnson Hmm. (laughs) thoughts discuss
2: (laughs) oh yeah well i mean this kind of brings us to the discussion about the most recent episode of game of thrones right i mean like how do we how do we discuss the discuss the backlash without talking about that episode and, and I don't know if it's any different from what we've seen in Star Wars in terms of quick, dark turns and, and things that we're used to in, in the narrative of Star Wars. So I don't really know if the backlash is going to hold up or cause any kind of kerfuffle and have them fired from Lucasfilm. I think that, if anything, it's only going to get them more press. And uh, three, we have a three-year gap you know, before we get this movie. Yeah. So I, I think that'll, that could all die down and people will anticipate what these guys are going to do next only because... They did such a they did such a great job doing all six in my opinion yeah. all eight yeah. seasons of Game of Thrones so
0: yeah, I think we're all in agreement there like no matter how you feel about the last last episode last season last two seasons, the majority of their work has been stellar on that on that on that show
2: yeah the dialogue's um, incredible, especially the dialogue yeah. I feel like and i'm I'm missing that from Star Wars. I would like really really strong dialogue to return and and um they they've they've done they've served that up in Game of Thrones and yeah. I think they could do that for Star Wars right. really so
1: strong dialogue yeah. like like, I need
0: to get back to Tashi
2: Station. I drink things and I know. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> drink and I know things.
0: Yeah. I, uh, so here's a quick side game. Uh, everyone, very quickly, let us know what you think, you, Ben and Grant, the odds that we actually see a Star Wars movie by Benny and Weiss out of 100%. Go. I already got my number locked in. There's no way uh, to confirm 100%. 100%. Grant?
1: Of a movie?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say 90%. 30%. All right. Okay. 30. One in <laughs>
0: three. One in
2: three. Nice. One
0: I mean, in three. I think just because of how long we have to wait for it and the internet and um, prior experience with Star Wars Yankee people. And that's not, by the way, that is not my percentage of how much I would like to see a movie by them. I would actually very much like to see a movie by, a Star Wars movie by them. I just have a feeling we're not gonna, it's not gonna happen. I just,
1: I think Carly's idea is giving too much credit to, like, the Internet (laughs) Hive mind as far as, like, I I mean, that sounds like, like, you know, Kathleen and Bob Iger are playing 4D chess, and like, let's face it, the Internet can't handle checkers. So, I think that's like going way over their head. To me, it just looks like they're standing behind their people. It's yeah. like, you know, that it's just a sign of good leadership, which I know they are. They're good business leaders. So when people do things terribly, they quietly sweep them away and they defend them and they say, no, they were great, but it was just not the right time. And then, you know, in, yeah, in the midst of this firestorm, so you know, they also are the shield for their people. And, you know, when Ryan Johnson, they, they're like, we think this, you know, it was at the peak of, you know, the internet, you know, noise he, they were like, no, this is this is fine. This is what we want. We want conversation. We want contra- we want people talking about Star Wars. And it, you know, you may think it's bad, and you know, you may think it's good, but whatever. This is this is what art is, right? It's up for discussion. And um, and so I think them sort of standing up right now and doing this, it's a keeping them relevant, and yep. b and and b, taking some, taking some bullets, yeah. yeah. And and I think I take Benioff and Weiss's non-comments for the most part as shut up nerds, which is like one of my favorite quotes, ironically. But I feel like it yeah. applies here. It's just sort well, of like shut up, nerds, like whatever. The
0: one thing to saying. keep in mind, too, is that we still have one more episode and they may for all we know, they're going to nail the landing. Right. Like, like, yes, it's like it, it could it, many things like just as we talked about with episode nine, how we feel about episode eight will inevitably change after episode nine. Right. in some way either strengthen or weaken or whatever it's because it, because it's it's part of a whole so so that might be part of it. Is they might know they might have seen the last episode of game of thrones right right and, and then like, like oh yeah so we're still really going to get out in front of this because we're going to look like geniuses in a week
1: right you can thank us later grant you want to do you want to tell them your analogy you told me
2: of uh, the avengers analogy yeah, yeah exactly i mean when we, think about, when we think about penultimate episodes it's like it's hard not to think about Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. I mean, Infinity War came just before Endgame, and it ended in utter, utter despair. And I feel like you and you pick up all the pieces in the final episode. You pick up all the pieces in the final act. Of course, everyone's going to feel uncomfortable and challenged after the penultimate episode. But when you get the last episode of the season, I think it's going to answer a lot of those, 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 those questions that people are dwelling on and things like that. And I feel like... And there was a massive backlash to this episode, but... In my opinion, I, I liked the episode. I kind of... Um, I feel like yeah, there was morally challenging. And I feel like there were pacing issues. But I feel like there's been pacing issues throughout. And Game of Thrones, it's it's a grimdark fantasy. Of course, it's going to challenge our morals constantly. Right. Um, and uh, I feel like um, what I loved about this episode of Game of Thrones was that it felt inevitable. It, it was kind of a, a showcase of inevitable myth. And I feel like The Last Jedi was subversive myth. It was kind mm. of like, here's how we twist the mythology into different directions to 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 trick or play games with the audience right. and uh, and i like inevitable myth i'm someone who stands on the side of here's this slow build to this inevitable result and i kind of love the grandiosity of that i feel like star wars really plays to grandiosity and kind of doing something in an operatic manner that takes a very long time it's a very long build to that moment i feel like inevitable myth inevitable myth is something that david benioff and debbie weiss can offer and that's great like that's what i want
0: Yeah. All right. So that explains a lot about you and me, Grant. (laughs) Because which we are, we are friends and we like each other quite a bit. uh, But I thoroughly disagree with everything you just said. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's just, but it's just a matter of taste, right? Like I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you're wrong because you're you feel the way you do, and a lot of people feel that way. I just more prefer submissive, submissive, (laughs) submissive, subversive. (laughs) That's submissive myth. Uh, Subversive.
1: This is a safe. I safe I know.
0: um subversive myth I, I enjoy that more I, I get a little bored by inevitable myth but but at the same time star wars is one of my favorite series of all times hence doing a podcast which I agree with you it's an inevitable myth in, in a lot of ways and, and I agree with that and and you know maybe I'll come around on Game of Thrones. I don't want to go through and, and analyze and, and and you know re um contextualize everything I, I I have issues with that last episode I have major issues with that last episode and that was I And to be honest, ben sent us a think piece this morning and that's the first thing i've read about it because i i'm done engaging with the internet's opinions (laughs) and the backlash to the backlash um but if a friend sends me something i'll read it but i decided after (laughs) i I, it it is i've i've formed my own opinions about about the season of game of thrones uh and it's fine and there's still an episode left and that could change everything so Mm -hmm. we will see and i love that show and i'll give it a chance i'll give it a shot
2: and to be to be fair, like I totally understand the criticism yeah. about how, how it seemed like a lot of characters were kind of reverting back to their less developed versions of, of themselves, like yeah. from earlier episodes in the seasons and in, in the in the series and things like that. Like I understand that criticism. Like I think that's. But I also think there's something to be said about people's innate flaws and in that in that kind of a world and how they all kind of will stumble over them. Like we read in that kind of wonderful Chuck, that blog from Chuck Wendig, that he really, really nails a lot of the kind of notions surrounding the episode and, and the structure of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I understand the criticism and the pacing. Yeah. I mean, I am on every side with the pacing. With the pacing is, whoa, it's really bad. Yeah, it's really going
1: to be apples and oranges between Game of Thrones and whatever they, you know, they finally can conjure as unique content, you know, and actually actually create yeah. a thing because, you know, the, the the choice to regress back to the mean of what all these characters are is was really Martin's choice, not theirs. Right. And and, you know, I I, I would assume because it's happening categorically across all the characters. So, um Yeah. So who's to say if that's how they're going to do it? And plus, I do think like, again, the Internet hive mind is mutating storytelling now. It's, you know, and hopefully it won't affect this. I believe in creative people should create and then art is open for interpretation. So I put a red dot on a white page. I hang it on a wall. I put a frame around it. I call it art. And some people call me hacks and some people call me geniuses. And that's what art is, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, Uh, sure. I think we uh, need to. We and need that's what it is. complexity in storytelling or we're going to end up with kind of really shallow material.
1: Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. And I think, I mean, we're certainly going to get that, right?
0: Right. All right. I'm so trying not to turn this into a two-hour thing. So I will. I will. <laughs> no, no. no, but at the same Cause, time. Because all I want to say is that, yeah, yeah, shallow storytelling is really bad. That is shallow. Shallow storytelling is, is really bad. And I feel like we got shallow storytelling. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on, just drop it in a way. In a way I,
2: I understand that though. I understand that. Um, but I mean, if you want to keep a healthy media and just profile, like, just yeah, read the read George R. R. Martin's blog, it's called yeah. Not a Blog, and just get your information from there because that is the guy who created the story. Yeah. You don't need to look for look to the internet hive mind to tell you what you think,
0: exactly. Right. And, and what I'll say is, I agree with a lot of, of the, the pacing stuff and the other stuff, and I think you're right. I think that it is apples and oranges, Ben, when you're comparing that between making Star Wars film over a deck they're gonna make three films over basically six or seven years yeah um they're gonna have the ideas fully formed it's gonna be their ideas they're gonna have the backing of the story group of lucasfilm to help them flesh things out to make it make sense they're not gonna have a network saying oh by the way this epic series that you've been working on for 10 years you have to finish it in six episodes good luck <laughs> you know right. like exactly so, and so- yeah I'm not as worried about their take on Star Wars. And and I love a lot of what they did on Game of Thrones. And if they do do an old uh, Knights of the Old Republic, I'm on board. Right. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. all they have on their resume is the most popular television show that's ever made. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, maybe how about we cut them some slack, give them all these opportunities and see what they can do. And I mean, uh, if you look through that lens, like, obviously... It makes a lot of sense what Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy are saying right now. They're like, nah, we'll bet on these guys. And you betting know, on it and capitalizing
0: on press. They're they're learning from uh they're they're learning from Hamel. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. I
2: mean what's what's great about this is they could create a trilogy, uh, possibly centered around the knights of, knights of the old republic, though they could do something completely different. Sure. Um, but um, but they then they then could set it up for a spin-off series that they would then be showrunners and creators of as well. And it would be this nice kind of uh, like semblance of of, of oh. getting all of that together in one kind of process. I think that would be, that'd be kind of a fun thing to see.
1: Right. We're also yeah. not talking about the yeah. Hollywood reporter piece that, um that, that mentioned that uh, it was from Kathleen Kennedy, a quote from her saying that she's been working closely, closely with um, Ryan Johnson and Benny often Weiss
2: at the same time was what I was led to believe you grant. Do you have yeah. the the quote there. Oh, well, I just we know that Kathleen Kennedy told Hollywood Reporter that she's sitting down with Dan, Dave and Ryan to discuss the next 10 years of Star Wars. Right. So that is from Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy.
1: Right. So it sounds very fluid to me. Yeah. Like they 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 like, well, they, they held some slots on the on the outlay. They yeah. decided to tell people about it to get them excited about it. It can always change. But like, who knows exactly how, you know, how it's going to flex out. But I mean, it just. I don't know. It makes sense. More is better and generally and um, and we'll see how it goes. But it could be all three of, you know, maybe all three of them are going to work together. We've, That's been, true. you know, especially early in our podcast, we talked a lot about how collabs are the way to go. I personally feel like the more yeah. people you can, you know, more cooks in the kitchen on a movie, I think is is better. And generally on creating art, because then you have sort of a sounding board with a different perspective that
2: can sort of, you know, pull you in a, in a better direction. Right. Yeah. And we know we know Off and Weiss signed the dotted line, I think, after season uh, seven. Right. Like, that's just just about the time when they
1: yeah. like, signed yeah. on. I think so. I think that's about right. Sounds about
0: right. Yeah, to me. And, you know, I still don't. I think that the the real the my if I had to bet on anything, it's that the, that every other year slot is not a reality. I think it's going to shift back to every year um, at that point. Um, and I think they're kind of betting on that a little bit. So. We shall see. Um, One other quick question I had is, and I've only read a couple of reports on this. um, The only confirmation that I could see is that they are going to be the next film after the hiatus, right? Yes. Did they confirm that they're going to be the next three films or just the next film?
2: Only 2022, not Right, so something's
0: going on there. Because, Grant, what you just said is like, ooh, that's interesting. And maybe they do a single standalone film that then, if it goes successful, they then create a series off of it.
2: Hmm. Yeah, or a trilogy, but yeah, yeah, stand, yeah. They could do a standalone, and they could jump yeah. into a, a, tri- a series right after that. Yeah, for sure. Always that emotion in the, the future. Is. But, and we all, Ryan could be doing the movie in 2024. I mean, they could alternate yeah. theoretically, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. I, I've always yeah. thought that maybe you give the past to Benny and Weiss and you give the future to Ryan Johnson. That's kind of been my, like, yeah. Nate, organic, like, idea about how you approach these creatives. But, um i'm interested to see how they're going to develop it going further and uh and if we're going to go into the future or we're going to go into the past because i feel like there is a lot to explore in in both on both sides of the timeline yeah so it's just ripe for for creativity right
1: yeah i i tend to agree with all that yeah me too yeah and also um we have uh, rumors about new um, television series, new uh, Disney plus content from Bob Iger in that same piece. Right. And, um, but we're gonna uh, wait for our new segment at the end of uh, this podcast to talk about that Brr.
0: Yeah, yeah. can't wait.
1: Super, yeah, me too. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna redo a little little pitch affair and and, uh, and sort of revisit some of our TV ideas and knowing what we know now, um, talk about what we're gonna get. Um, all right. Um, y'all ready to move on to comics?
0: So this is the segment where we talk about the comics. Uh, This week we had three issues come out. We had Tie Fighter Number Two, Star Wars Number Sixty Six, and Age of the Rebellion Lando Calrissian. Um, And I thought we'd just take them in those order in that order. Uh, so, TIE Fighter number two, The Shadow Falls, brought to you by Hauser, Antonio, Casara, Prianto, Menon, and Caramanga. Uh As a reminder, this is a companion piece to the Alphabet Squadron novel that's coming out uh, next month, I believe, I think June 11th, um, and it follows the adventures of the elite pilots of Shadow Wing, a TIE Fighter squadron. Um, so uh, last we left them, they were uh, this group was ambushed by a star destroyer, um, flow and, and being attacked by uh, tie fighters uh, from we don't know where. Uh, well,
1: from said star destroyer, right? From,
0: yes, but we don't know are they Imperials? Are they Rebels? Why are they being attacked by their own? Um, and the issue begins with this kind of this gorgeous uh, space battle between uh, that's just tie on tie. Um, it's yeah. pretty amazingly drawn. Yeah,
1: and you can tell our heroes because they're driving they're flying TIE interceptors and everyone right. else is yes. standardized. ties. Yeah. Hey, so I got a question here. Yeah. I know you probably talked about it earlier. Um the Alphabet Squadron <laughs> companion piece, but yeah. Alphabet Squadron is going I thought that was a different timeline and a different thing altogether. Or is it, that is it is that book going to be about the Imperials or is it going to be about the resistance?
0: So it's about the rebels, and I believe it takes place post um uh i think it's post endor okay um, so right
1: now we're posts
0: uh Yavin. Right? yeah i believe it's unclear where exactly we are but it's definitely during
1: we might be, be post endor right now because so i remember right? these there was a there's a visual on one of the pages grant i know you're holding the comics with you right now
0: yeah and they so show
1: happened. like there's a little clip and they show like a a, a, a thing of the death star exploding but it's like an icon and it looks like the you know there's a big chunk taken
2: out of it sorry to to no no not at all well i have a little Um, summary on amazon if you want me to read it real quick it's uh on the verge of victory in a brutal war five new republic pilots transform from hunted to hunters in this epic star wars adventure oh The, the emperor the emperor is dead his final weapon has been destroyed the imperial army is in disarray in the aftermath eureka quell is just one of thousands of defectors from her former cause living in deserters shantytown until she is selected to join Alphabet Squadron.
1: Eurica Quell, is that one of our heroes? Are these Imperials?
0: Is this no, where the so, Imperials are heading?
2: No. Eureka no. Quell's not in Shadow Wing. Nope. No, no,
0: because Grant, you're reading the summary for Alphabet Squadron, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there, that's a rebel. Um, but I don't think it's that's not one of ours yet. Um so that's the question. Is It I keeps being sold as a companion piece. I'm guessing this is kind of a, a prequel, if you will, to Applebit Squadron. Mm-hmm. And then these, these individuals are going to end up uh, in that book in some manner and okay. some fashion. Yeah, these aces will probably reappear in that book. Yeah, right? that's my guess. Cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: but on the bad guy's side. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably, maybe. I'm guessing we might get some on either side. Some defectors. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not.
2: Yeah. Light, and, Light and Dream might become a rebel.
0: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. He's probably yeah. my my guess, but uh, you know, Tessin and Jella, I think, are pretty imperial to the core. Jella yeah.
2: is becoming my favorite character. Yeah, she's yeah, great. She's great.
0: <laughs> so you know, during this, so basically, they're being ordered at, at the beginning of this, during this the space battle, they're ordered to stay behind and recover the retreat of their uh, of their uh, fellow Imperials who are simply just wiped out by this this unknown threat. Um, Shadowwing surrenders. Um, The attackers turn out to be a group of Imperial defectors led by Admiral Greatlow or Greatlow, um, who yeah, who's basically saying that this isn't about picking sides; it's about surviving. Um, And they are trying to build a mining operation and uh, are basically trying to get what they think that they're deserved. And they offer Shadowwing to join them, Um, but uh, they don't, and they escape and they fight back.
1: Yeah and yeah. They, they move to take over the
0: yeah yeah the first ride, ride or die for the Empire. Yeah, totally. yeah. lots of speeches about the Empire and, and why they're doing what they're doing. And in fact, um, they even I think he even uh, has a comment about how much he he may hate the rebels, but he hates these defectors even more. Yeah yeah Rebels may be murderous traitors but but misled as they are, at least they're at least they believe in something. Is
2: the quote right? And that's Tesso Bruch, right? Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's a great character. Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: surprised by how humanizing they are to the Imperials. It's more so than really anything else I've read. Yeah, Um, like it's really these are two of them are in love. It's you know it's half women. Some are hardcore. You can see the sympathies, like you know, like some rebel sympathies sort of leaking through a couple characters. But still this like resolve. It's 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 a very dynamic way to to look at all these characters. So yeah. I, it seems like that's what really these TIE fighters are attacking. Though I'd like to see more maneuvers and more like spaceship battles and things like, you know.
0: Like yeah, that. for 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 a comic called TIE Fighter, we get not it's as much of... TIE Fighter as I was expect. Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 First yeah. of all, <laughs> it's you know, an interceptor, which is hardly a TIE
2: Fighter. <laughs> but uh, so there's also like a brotherly relationship that's yeah. at the end of this comic between lighten and his brother uh, tamu and i didn't read imperial cadet so i don't really know about the brothers do you know anything about these two brothers
0: adam i remember they were brothers who were okay. in, in in imperial imperial cadets together with han solo and that is the end of my memory
2: <laughs> and do we know where tamo is though in this kind of the, the the hall of projection uh message do we know where he he is he is currently Cause he looks uh, like a doctor almost. He is. Yeah, he is
0: a doctor. He talks about being a doctor and about he's separated from his wife and child to keep them safe during the war. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I thought he might be on Vandor, but that was just sort of that that because he said something about towards the capital, but really, yeah. like Vandor is one of the like chief you know installation planets for um for the Empire. Um, But yeah, that was one of the main things. I thought he was actually sort of a a sympathizer. Like he didn't want to fight, but he ended up looking out because he like tested into this like um, doctor program. And yeah, it's actually pretty cool. There's some one of the reasons I thought that is because there are tie ins to um, Battlefront 2. I don't know if you saw the logo on his shirt, Um, Mm. but that is the health logo in Battlefront 2. So it's like they, they use that for all the health cards. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know.
0: Are you are you are are you saying there's some synergy occurring? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying, Adam. Synergy, thank you. Synergy. you're welcome. <laughs> Just just wait for my pitch coming up. There's <laughs> we're going to be able to drop synergies, uh, echo to synergy it, quite a bit. We're going to be, be doing the
1: backstroke through synergy. It's going to be awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm very proud of what I'm about to do. And also, uh, hate oop, oop, droid the show. <laughs> Ooh, I got to change mine quick. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, again, it's funny because you have Hauser, Jodie Hauser, writing this, and she is just so adept at writing characters and giving them depth. And I feel like that's exactly what we need with some of the bad, some of the quote-unquote bad guys, right? Like, I love the idea that we're getting a look at just, not just the big bads, but the people who are on the front lines of that. And you could, this makes you feel like when you're watching Resistance and you have, is it Grex? No, who is the, um... (laughs) Grex is our Grex is our guy. Uh who is no, who's uh, oh, Griff is the yeah, ex Imperial? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you start to understand how that person ends up where he does, right? That's not just he's not just a you know finger tenting uh mustache twirling evil dude that he's a human. Right. Well yeah.
1: even the uh, cap the Captain Doza is uh ex Imperial.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. Don't talk about Snoke that way.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. Oh uh, I, I hope
1: we talk about I... it.
0: I had a Snoke theory <laughs> from this. Did you see? Uh, actually, I think it is um, when you look at uh, when you look at the. Uh, well, I just said his name now. I can't great, remember. Great it. Gray, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck,
2: fuck yeah.
0: I, even that when I wrote great. my little thing, I had it. Uh, great Low. Great Low. He has so, a Snoke quality to him in the first time we see him uh, standing there, and I think it's he's he's kind of in profile. Um, when he comes aboard, when they come aboard the mining operation, um, I have this thing. He's like, it's, it's right towards the middle of that first page when they when, uh, uh, when the Shadow Wing is, is being held captive by him. Um, right almost center page, he looks like Snoke to me.
1: Well, because he's old and bald?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I think he has too many fingers.
0: Wait, does Snoke have less than five fingers? <laughs> I
1: think he has four fingers. I don't know. Really?
0: Really? Snoke is like eight feet tall. In yeah, 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 yeah. Detail. Details, details, people. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that would be amazing if they if Snoke came from a comic book. That would break the uh, internet.
1: Yeah, we're we'll, we're gonna find out about Snoke. Don't you worry Reddit,
2: it. Reddit told me he's uh, his name is Evandor Snoke, and he was an acolyte of Beyond. But that's just yeah. Reddit. Yeah.
1: Was that really? <laughs> I thought no, I thought There was like actual guess I read that too. Something.
2: really, like, you read that too?
1: <laughs> I mean, I was, I'm, there, di- was, I'm
2: dying to know more about this guy. It wasn't
1: yeah. Reddit though it was like somewhere else. Alright. <laughs> <All right>.
0: uh, <laughs> you want to move on to Star Wars 66? Sure. sure. All right. I got Star Wars number 66 the uh, the, the Scourging of Shu Taroon number 5 part 5. Uh, by Gillian Mission 66. Oh yeah. I don't know how I did how I missed that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> By Gillian Unzuetwa, uh, Guru EFX, Coel, and Paril. Um, So just as a reminder, this is the penultimate issue of this story, but also of Gillian's run on the comic. Um, so we have to keep that in mind. Um, especially, I feel like the last line in this issue is uh, a little nod to that whole thing, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Mm. Um, so quick background... Uh, you know, our, our our lovely band of rebels are still looking for to get revenge on Queen Trios, um, and they're split into two groups. We have Han and Leia and their group uh, kind of holding down their position as Queen Trios um, mounts an escape and attacks them. And we also have Luke being pursued by Benthic Two-Tubes and his band of partisans. Uh, who are who they want to destroy the entire planet while uh, the rebels just want to cripple uh, the economy basically of the planet um, also not to make things even more complicated but the Empire is on the way um, and so the issue opens with uh, we finally see the death cult of the the temple of uh, <laughs> uh, what was it uh, I wrote it and now I can't read it central isotope. Uh, Isopater?
1: You see them with their like bags of popcorn and like yeah. in their great seats, and they're like, "This <laughs> yeah. is gonna be awesome."
0: Yeah. Literally, like, yes, here, right here, where you are, just in Wait. time. So the last issue I saw these guys in, they were
2: okay. inside the spire, I believe, speaking with some kind of a fi- some official or something like that, and then now they're outside the spire, just on a on a rock, watching the whole,
0: the whole. Yeah, I think they're trying to get the best event. position possible to watch. Watch <laughs> right. destruction happen. I, yeah. Um, so, um, we, while Leia and their banner rebels are fighting with the Queen, uh, the Imperials, uh, led by uh, Kanchar, uh, starts an orbital bombardment, which Queen <laughs> Trios calls to try to stop, and he acknowledges uh, that she is in, in the firing range, and then still continues to bombard <laughs> the planet, not caring that he might kill the Queen, because... You know, she's a queen. There's there's a line, there's a lineage, and someone else will come and take it up, but she can't he can't give up his chance to kill Leia.
2: Yep. I yeah, love Princess that. Leia and her annoying friends. Yes. Yes. There's yes. <laughs> meddling those meddling kids. Those meddling kids. And yeah. They ever
0: meddle. Yeah. Um, I never thought I'd hear annoying and stuff. It's right. a weird I know that was a weird word. It's it kind of takes you out for a second. It's a very earth word for some reason. Um, then we cut to Luke. Um, who's basically running away from Benthic and the Partisans, which uh side note, uh that's the name of my new band.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is Benthic ben and the Partisans? partisans? <laughs>
0: yeah, Benthic and the partisans. That's so great. <laughs> was- it's like all too. clarinets. Yeah. <laughs> well, some yeah, I have, have at least two tubes of some kind there. So <laughs> yeah. I now have to learn how to play an instrument of some kind. Uh, yeah. but we'll get there. Um <laughs> Uh, so they're running away. Luke is basically trying to lead them away from R2 because R2 has the ability to override the spike, which is what Benpick wants to do to destroy the entire world. Um, they capture Luke. They threaten to kill him if R2 doesn't um, come out of hiding, which he does because R2 is a very good boy. Um,
1: yeah. What else do you have? Yeah. Well, there's uh, melee combat, which is pretty
0: dope. Yeah, I have that down here. We get, we actually get, uh, we get Leia and the Queen fighting. Once the once the Queen catches up, they're fighting with the axe spear. I don't know what would you call that thing.
2: Sure, I like that.
0: Yeah, like a pike mm. or like a halberd or something. There, there you go, go. halberd. It's exactly what that is. I oh. I would never get that when I was playing RPG video games. I'd always get it and get rid of it and give myself a, a sword instead.
2: Proper sword. Yeah, so yeah this, is, good. this is probably the closest to Game of Thrones the Canon Star Wars has come with a princess yes. and a queen fighting with Halberds. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty freaking close.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we and spoiler alert, but we get to the point where Leia just straight up guts the queen. Yeah. Yeah. Which She's I like, couldn't well, I didn't see. There was no panel
2: dedicated to that. It was just kind of implied. Like it was kind of off camera.
0: Well, it's right in the middle. Yeah, but, you see. We see her. We see Leia cutting across the side, and we see the we see the Queen's like it um,
1: goes limp or something. like oh, that. Go. goes, goes limp, and
0: we see her cloth ripping, but there's no blood. Yeah, even though well, there's until
1: later, then there's lots. blood.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right. There's some blood there. Yeah.
2: yeah she's on the ground. She's bleeding out. Yeah. But First, hey,
0: no intestines. So there's that.
2: Yeah. You can't show blood in, in Star Wars. All right. You can only show like red crystalline crystalline material underneath white sand. <laughs> right. A planet. Right. <laughs>
1: um it just goes to show though it's like never underestimate uh prince you know princess leia like or leia origana it's just she's you know because she was attacked essentially oh actually i think she got her e11 cut in half with the halberd and then just grabbed one of her own and you're like wow you know it's pretty clear that trios is you know trained on this weapon and still like leia's like no let me show you how this is done like she's she got some pretty great combat training
2: on uh, alderaan i think
0: yeah yeah, definitely.
2: I've been I've been trying to find like a, a story that would be good for like an '80s kind of action genre piece for Star Wars, and I feel like a comic or a, a, a con a comic around uh, Admiral Kanchar might be an awesome comic because <laughs> he is. Yeah. Such an 80s action hero, like looking
0: <laughs> Yeah, he is he yeah. is something. Like I saw him like that's an interesting choice. He was there during um during that run on Jedha, right? I think he was he was the Imperial that was chasing yeah. them. So he's back for revenge. Yeah. No, yeah. I think I would totally read a limited series with him. That'd be awesome. Yeah.
2: Cool.
0: Yeah. I don't have, and the, I don't have
2: much else to say about this show. Yeah. I mean I love the I, battle. Was yeah, great.
0: the battle is awesome. I do love the Queen's like death. Like, I think they gave her a good death. I think that I like that in her dying breath, she's still trying to save Shu Tarun, right? She actually tells Leia about what's happening and yeah. makes her promise. And, and and I just love that her dying line is, is after Leia promises to save the planet, her dying line is, I believe you, I'm sorry you believe me. Like, that's such a great, yeah. such a great line. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know. We cut to R2 being a very good boy and um, not listening to Luke telling him to not do what is asking, but he ends up, to, uh, it looks like it's implied, we shall see in the next issue, that he does overload the spike to begin the destruction of Shu Taroon, or I guess the scourging of Shu Um hmm. And the last line of the comic, and you know, I don't generally like to read the last line, but I think it's so fitting, is the last line of this issue is the death cult saying, it begins you know, when really yeah. it's ending, right? Like, I think, <laughs> I think uh Gillian chose that chose that line very fittingly for the the end of his penultimate episode, leading into his last issue.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you just make that up, the scourging of Shooterun? or was no? It... That's
0: the name of the series. I'm not that.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, that's kind of interesting because it's sort of like this. I don't know. The Scourging of the Shire has been in the in the yeah. uh, popular world lately. Um, yeah,
0: interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. Spartan yeah, for that. the last
1: episode, it makes sense, right? Because they've beaten the big bad, and now, but now they have to save the planet, right? Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it was fun to see how dedicated Queen Tri- Trios is to her planet. Like I thought that was, an- it's kind of, uh, it's kind of poetically mirrors uh, Leia's relationship to Alderaan, which I really liked.
0: Yeah. yeah, which is brought up, right? The queen said, "You would have done yeah. the same." basically. No, I think I like that character a lot. She's a good bad guy. Yeah, right? because- she turned yeah. out
2: really really interesting towards the yeah. end here like cuz I didn't I wasn't a huge mm-hmm. fan of I forget what the arc was, the the 6 issue arc uh before I don't know, the or, Hangar or, Bay Doors as I call it. Yeah, yeah, we, we call it, we call it the Hangar Bay Doors here on the podcast, but um I forget what it was called, but um she wasn't very interesting and now she's she's really interesting towards the end here. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad the Kieran Gillen really paid off uh this character. Yeah,
0: this makes me okay. want to go back and revisit that series, right? And I think like maybe it, it'll it'll read better knowing kind of the end of it.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think I'll do the same.
0: Yeah,
1: I think it's kind of interesting. I think like Trios is sort of like a Bizarro Leia, where yes. instead of sort of just sticking to her laurel, you know her laurels and either getting killed and having her planet destroyed immediately you know which is what essentially was going to happen to Leia like you know she lost her planet like she decided okay I'll play ball. And, you know, and sort of, you know, her, her uh, affiliation or alliance is, is only with her planet and her people, but she was willing to deal with Vader and do all these things and, and, and play both sides and like lose all her scruples. And then what ultimately happened? She ended up dying and she's going to lose her planet,
2: you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's you of... either play the game of Thrones or you die. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> there's that sort of inevit- inevitability. It's just sort of, right. Like, if you play the game of Thrones with the empire, you're dead.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Nice. Uh, Lando? Lando. Yes. All right. Uh, So, Age of the Rebellion, Lando Calrissian in Cloud City Blues by Pac uh, Bufag... (laughs) Bufag Uh. Sorry, Mateo. Um,
2: Bufagny.
0: Bufagny. There you go. Bon Villain, uh, Lanham, and the Dodsons. I write it, I read it, and I'm like, I'm gonna get it. And then the second I'm on air, I'm like, yep, that's just not happening.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, at least we acknowledge these creators. So
0: that's yeah, good. I I try, and I that's always the longest, my longest Instagram post every week is is the comics ones because I want to make sure everyone gets a gets a nod. And there's a lot of it's uh, a lot of hashtagging and looking up people, but uh, but uh, I want to give credit where credit's due because they're doing an amazing job on the comics. Yeah. yeah.
2: Especially this run. yeah
0: so I have a I have a summary written up here I was because I dropped the ball so hard last week uh but I've also been quarterbacking quite a bit. I'm happy to do it, but does anyone else want to talk about this one
2: uh, by all means you do it
0: sure happy to do it okay uh just want to make sure I wasn't hogging. uh so you know as the title suggests um this takes place shortly after Lando has taken control of cloud crowd the cloud, uh, cloud city. Um, and we're introduced to him at the beginning, quelling a riot <laughs> in a very Lando way. Yeah, uh, Basically paying uh, workers who are riding who haven't been paid, but also offering to buy them all drinks.
2: <laughs> yeah. Occupy Bespin. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah that's what it yeah. felt
0: like. Yeah. Uh, and and if any of you, if either of you want to jump in and do any of Lando's lines, please do because I'm not, as we've already established, I cannot do Lando. But both of you <laughs> can do a pretty convincing Lando. <laughs> well, I'll
1: try now and again. I'll try. Yeah. All right. Well, more of a Lobot guy
2: myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. You know my favorite shot in Star Wars is Lando waking up and Emrys. <laughs>
0: Or Lobot opening, yeah, yeah, Lobo, yeah. Uh, Lobot, Lobot, yeah,
2: like his eyes <laughs> opening his
0: eyes, yeah, it's pretty great. Or G-H-X. I oh, loved it. Totally, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just, I hope we get to see Lobot in uh episode nine. Just something. Uh, oh, that's that
1: interesting. Yeah. That's a Lobot. Good idea. I...
0: I know the the actor is no longer with us, but but I think you can that that's such a an odd looking character that you wouldn't I don't mm. think you would notice a replacement actor.
1: It, it would be cool if he finally got rid of the uh, the like the oh, cybernetic oh. implants.
0: Yeah, finally got him a cure for that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there is that. The, so there was the Lando run where yep. for people that are listening it, with, with it was all about Lobot and he was like battling with his implants and he lost the battle. And essentially his mind has been taken over by his cybernetic implants and they make reference to it in this comic where he's, you know, where Lando's like, listen, buddy, I'm still trying, you know, to to yeah. help you out. And um, and it sounds like Lobot's still sort of battling and he's trying to just sort of, you know, he's still in there, which is good. Yeah. It's not as depressing as I thought it was, where he's like completely lobotomized. No, like, you know, pun intended.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but after the riot, what happens? I forget. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one thing I'll say before we jump into that is I think this issue, the goal of this issue is, is trying to justify Lando's actions in empire In, in terms of explaining his motivations and it does a good job of that i mean he really wants to turn legit he wants to keep cloud city running and this issue is him trying to do that so basically um he pays the workers out of his own pocket um, there's another payment due in, I think, 36 hours and a giant payment on interest coming up in, like, what, 16 hours? And he has no, really not any more money left. So he decides to go to Burnin' Khan uh, in the Outer Rim, which is basically a low rent Canto bite. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Loses all of his money as Lando does. Um, and is then impro- approached by, I gotta get this right, Magnate Imperium Raz Fantanine of the Ben Diffel Fantanines.
1: My favorite Fantanine, 100%. Yes. Yeah. That's
0: accurate. Yeah. Uh, who... Yeah, go
2: ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was just saying, you nailed it. You nailed it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, he offers Lando basically a boatload of credits for a one-time job to, quote, escort the current administrator uh, from the premises who turns out to be Roz's nephew who was fired but refuses to leave? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, the boatload of credits was he was going to
2: give them his, right, that's his right. own mine, his own like uh, station.
0: Yes, yeah. I wrote that before I knew what he was getting. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah.
2: And there's some cool process nerd stuff in here that uh, uh-huh. when when they negotiate over the mining facility, uh, um, the magnate says he'll give it to Lando, but they live exceptional. They live. They have an exceptionally long lifespan, yep. so. When Lando comes to his old age, he'll inevitably probably bring you sell it back to them. So he's right. not worried about giving the facility to Lando. I thought that was really really yeah, fun. Yeah,
0: which to that species a quote will be a merely had a brief vacation, right? It'd be like giving <laughs> yeah, yeah. someone like someone house sitting for a weekend, basically to them. It's yeah. giving. Yeah. I do love like that page of just them explaining um, their their background. I loved because. You know, Lando inevitably asks, like, why do you need me to do this? And basically they say because they are a slow reproducing long lived species with, shockingly, with a shockingly tiny population. So they have to work to maintain all their relationships. In other words, they can't have any direct um, um, violence against each other or conflict against each other for fear of ruining that and, and, and basically not being able to continue the species. So they always hire people from the outside to come in and do the dirty work. Which I yeah. just think was so creative. Yeah, it was yeah. so
2: fascinating. I love yeah. that kind of stuff. I, w- I wish that stuff would enter the kind of main saga films or or other Star Wars films in the future, where it's kind of more yeah. processed things, more more abstraction in terms of uh, the organics and, and natural lifespan of certain. Yeah, things. yeah, and
1: they're, they're interesting looking aliens as well. They they look sort of like praying mantis wearing gowns, wearing like you know robes. Yeah, yeah
0: they're very insectoid and very, uh, yeah, very. Very alien-looking in a very fun way. Um, yeah, so Lando has an exceptionally easy job doing that, <laughs> getting the nephew out. He just busts a couple skulls, and everyone just goes, "Yeah, no, we're not fighting for you anymore. Uh, you're out." And so it seems like Lando's going to get his win. So he gets he gets the uh, facility, and immediately finds out, unfortunately, uh, that they're deporting the natives to. <laughs> I have to get this right. Uh, to the Orgo harvest facility on Danamore. So yeah. it sounds like they're basically gonna harvest their organs. That's what I took from the name of that facility. Yeah.
1: And like one, there's a heart-wrenching scene. Yeah. One of the, these are also aliens, but like yeah, they were like they were hunting one of the babies for sport, and she's trying mm-hmm. to tell the you know baby to just run and like to be free. And like it was heart wrenching, and there's there's no doubt about what fate these poor that poor species had waiting for them.
0: Yeah. So, of yeah. course, you know, Lando stands up, loses his gig, uh, but saves the natives, I assume.
1: Yeah, he did, right? Because he like fired at the ship and you see their ship sort of evacuating before he goes. Right. But, um, and free, you know, like, yeah, like there was a there, he, or at least he started another revolt that looked a lot like the Kesselmine revolt. But, um, yeah, interesting. And then just, you know, GTFO.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then has to use up all the rest of his savings as like kind of his escape claw or his ability to just kind of get out and, and flee and start a new life. He uses all that money he had in savings to pay uh to pay all of his debts basically and get right, right and keep cloud city afloat for a little while longer. See what I did there? <laughs> that's, that's it's very very
2: that. very that's... similar to the, the Han Solo issue uh previous yes. where yeah. Han Solo is he makes a big bounty or uh yeah. makes some credits and then he loses it all in the end, only to end up shortchanged. It's kind of like these both these smugglers are kind of living, you know, uh, payment to payment. It's it's, it's yeah. pretty tough for these guys. Crime doesn't pay, kids. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. But, um, also, yeah. cool to see Lobot kind of remote um, uh, slice into these into the the handcuffs of all these prisoners and kind of uh, unshackle yeah. them all. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like usually slicers have to go in and, and slice a terminal. It looks like Lobot can kind of remote slice, which is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. He is very valuable. Yeah, yeah. really cool. Very good Lobot issue.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah lots of Lobot and uh, lots of humor around Lando trying to get Lobot to drink.
1: Yeah, that was a good bit. Yeah. Yeah. That was then, cool. yeah. Just hold yeah. it. Just hold it,
2: buddy. Yeah. Just, just hold, hold it. Hand. Just need yeah, like, to you, hey, man. loosen up. Yeah. Hold the glass. <laughs> uh, I also feel like this was a big homage to the uh, the all time great anime series Cowboy Bebop. Um, mm. it, it's called Cloud City Blues um cowboy bebop oftentimes has episodes with blues in the title and um and they always it's always some kind of moral conundrum of they make Uh, some they make some money and they lose it all because they want to do they don't make the morally right decision at the end of the day so
1: yeah it also sort of like gives a little credence towards lando's decision to sell out his friends or yeah meaning han solo you mean it It feels like an immediate predecessor to you can see that you know the. Uh the Empire showing up and Darth Vader being like, Listen, you're gonna do this and we're gonna make you rich. And he's like, Perfect. Yeah, whatever. Like, probably, you know, he's in he's in de- deaf straits. And it's sort of like, Well, if he's in dire straits because he's been doing the right thing the whole time, that sort of changes the whole look of whatever. And uh, yeah, you can kind of forgive the uh they, they
2: seem like they're trying to clean up the image of Lando a little bit. Um the yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, at the yeah. end of the day, he's kind of util, utilitarian. He's trying to you know protect the the masses, the, the the population of Cloud City, as well as his friends. So it's like you know yeah. he's doing he's trying to he's trying to help everybody.
0: Yeah, it's know? not like he was accepting the Empire's payment because he wanted to get rich. He was just doing it so he could secure everyone who was under his his watch, basically.
1: Right, yeah. and he was going to double yeah. cross the Empire anyways. Yep, to, to yeah. get them back and not let Han leave. But
0: well, yeah, at some point, Han, yeah. yeah. I am. Yeah, um, yeah. They they talk a lot about that in that kind of ending little essay they have at the end of these Age of the Rebellions. By this one's by Glenn Greenberg. Um, really, just kind of talks a lot about that about about you know Lando's you know kind of short turn in in Star Wars and but how much it means. And then talked uh, a lot about Billy D. Williams' kind of thoughts about um, <laughs> his feelings about playing Lando and how much he loves that character.
1: Yeah, and they also played up a little bit of like the like sort of. Civil like it was yeah. actually a big thing to have an African American character be in in these movies, and a lot of people make fun of Star Wars for not having enough, and they're doing so a lot to sort of repair those that image now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, we take it for granted, you know, of how how important that was in in two thousand. I mean, uh, nineteen eighty, yeah, nineteen eighty, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I do yeah. love the way he explains the way Lando, or the way Bill Williams describes Lando as a charming, adventurous. Uh, and bumbling. And that's the best hero you can create. I love guys who bumble through life, who bump into walls, who trip over themselves. They're much more human. And the, we always forget about like, you know, he is he is very smooth, but there is a bumbling quality to Lando. Yeah, like, that I that I always kind of forget about but It really, really does humanize him every time I watch those movies. Yeah,
1: I think it, even the, the, the quote mentions that Billy D says it, it, it's it reminds him of himself. He's like, yes, you know, it's like yeah. that's how that's how I've gotten through is just sort of you yeah. know doing the best I can and making mistakes and um, you know trying to be charming.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, yeah. I love that he um, he just ends up uh, showing uh, being selfless at the end of the issue and giving away his kind of nest egg money to all the workers that work yeah. for him. it. Was just it was just a beautiful end to that that issue. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah.
0: And as always, when we talk about Lando, I'll uh, talk up one of our earlier episodes before Solo came out. We did a character dive into Lando, um, where we talked about that standalone comic series that was there. We talked about his appearance on the Clone Wars cartoon. Um, and I, th- I think Last Shot was out at that point, but it's uh, I, yeah. think, I think it's a really, it's, if you're kind of interested in Lando, especially with his reappearance in, in episode nine, it might be worth going back and, and doing a listen. For that one, it's it's uh, I like that one. I, I always think back to that episode, I'm
1: very proud of that episode. Yeah, those were fun when we did that yeah. uh, on very all good. those characters. Cool, man. And then, uh, so I think uh, the next one is Job of the Hut, right?
0: Yeah, Job of the Hut next week.
1: Cool,
2: that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. All right, great. <laughs> Yeah,
1: this is reading wrath tar where we read books and talk about them but um star wars has done something interesting and we we've been sort of talking about this for three weeks now um because adam is doing the work and uh grant and i are just not um but uh <laughs> there's there's a book Count Dooku the Dookuisms of Dooku and um, but it's uh, audio only at this point and um, yeah and as much as I've wanted to I could not pull the trigger on like a thirty dollar price point for a six hour audiobook. Um, Adam's done it, and we've been talking about it. And Adam, you finished it today at double speed.
0: <laughs> I did in order to get it done before. But that also might tell you something, right? It's been out for three weeks. It's six hours long. I have been in the car for a lot more than six hours over the past three weeks, and I've still barely managed to finish it. Um, and that's not necessarily a critique of of the content. The content. Right. It's um, I like this format. I I have thoughts about it being six hours long as opposed to maybe we should break it up into 30-minute podcast episodes. Does it drop once a week and kind of do a long-form storytelling um, version of this, kind of an audio drama? Um, Because it doesn't listen like an audiobook necessarily because there's not a lot of description. It's mostly just characters uh, narrating and reacting to things. And it's fun to listen to, but it's also like, wow, I still have four and a half hours of this thing.
1: Right. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's sort of like, gosh, what is that thing? They made a drama about it now. What's that? Homecoming? Is it like, is that sort of what it feels like? Have you ever listened to Homecoming?
0: No, I haven't.
1: And it's a podcast, but it's a story. But it's like you're, you're hearing it's, people talk and like yeah. uh, the recording is actually a prop. And like you're listening to the recordings of these conversations.
0: That's exactly what it is. So so it's a lot of Asajj Ventress listening to uh, journals of Dooku. Um, okay. Oh, cool. And so so I, is, that's what
1: it is. It's Dooku Homecoming. That's cool.
0: Yeah, and it starts, it's a slow start. I won't go through the plot of it. I just have a couple things. I'm going to basically, te- not tease it, but kind of the highlights that may convince you guys to listen to it. Um, because it, it's a, it's it's 30 bucks, which is just way too 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 much. Um, and I'm, I'm really frustrated by that. But um, it's really good listening. It's a great companion piece to Master and Apprentice. Um, it follows Dooku through his entire life. These journals, you go from him being uh, being a youngling to a padawan to a to on the council to why he fell from the council, so you get a deep dive into Dooku's story, um, which is kind of amazing.
2: So, I think I'd asked you last week if there was some Yoda and Dooku. Uh, can you confirm that there is? Some there Yoda is, yeah, there is okay. some Yoda,
0: and so a couple things that we learned I think is really interesting is that they talk about how masters choose their apprentices, um. Uh. Which I don't know if it was covered in the Clone Wars or not, but they basically have the the Masters come and watch a competition between um, the Younglings. Um, actually, they're not Younglings at that point, but whatever they are, and then they can decide to choose someone for their apprentice or choose to not take anyone from their apprentice. And if no one, if you don't get chosen, you have to wait another year until this competition. So you
2: mean there's chosen. no Sorting Hat?
0: No, that's kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. uh, And so we get Yoda chooses Dooku, and it's a big deal because Yoda, as a Grand Master, rarely ever takes a Padawan. So it's a big deal that Yoda actually chose Dooku. Huh. Um, we also get Dooku struggling um, with containing his Force Lightning several times. So this is something that was inside him for since he was... Oh, wow. Yeah, and he's upset by it because he knows it's a mark of the dark side. And some of his other kind of mentors are telling him, not necessarily, it doesn't mean you're going to be the dark side, but you see a lot of, the, of him struggling with this 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 dark side tendency inside of him. It's um, almost
2: like if you can yeah. do lightning, there's kind of a storm inside you. Yes, you yeah, exactly.
0: Lean yeah. We get more prophecies, more visions, um, because Saifo Diaz, whose main character, is kind of riddled with visions. Um, and there's an amazing audio scene where um it's really hard to explain but basically they all get hit with visions and you hear like all these like clips uh from the book and from the future and also you hear like clones and you hear all these other things so it's just kind of this amazing vision of all these different possible futures splitting and combining dooku has a vision of the uh jedi um basically invading the senate which is a possible future um which kind of explains why he may have turned against them at times. So it's really interesting. Um, we get Rail Avaros from Master and Apprentice shows up again. Yep. So we get some sweet Rail Avaros time. Uh, we also get the first meeting between Dooku and Palpatine when uh, Palpatine was just a senator and Dooku was a uh, Jedi Master. Wow. A lot of and, good we, stuff. Yeah, and we get two new Darths um, named. We get Darth Coldoth and Darth Crawl. These ancient, yes. Oh wow! And we get we get exposed to Darth Koldo Koldoff's. uh, I don't have it written down, so I'm gonna have to wing it. But it's no, it's it's basically Darth Koldoff's bestiary, bestiary,
2: where it's basically he
0: wrote a book of just of beasts of monsters. And I'm like, if if Delray doesn't make that book, they are missing out.
2: Fantastic beasts of dark Darth Koldoff.
0: Basically, basically yes. (laughs) So it's it's really entertaining i was really like it's slow start and then like the last like half of the book i was really on board for in fact i listened to the last four and a half hours in the last uh 24 hours um the slow start but again as we talked a bit about off air and, and i'll just say this is that um way too expensive um it's not conducive listening to it a six-hour chunk. I really think they should move this over to podcasts, just add some ads to it and make it free. You know, pay for it through listening to ads. Because like the the ad revenue they would generate from a Star Wars podcast would be huge. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And and you no, know, to be honest, I, I'm not gonna keep spending thirty dollars on this. And and unfortunately, and and if they keep doing this, I don't think we're gonna be able to cover keep covering this. You know, but yeah, we'll see. For,
2: for me, the price point isn't the biggest issue. It's more yeah. that I only I, I can I can really retain the information better if I read it versus yeah. listen to it. And I found that out with listening to Queen Shadow and then listening yeah. to Apprentice that I would Definitely. way rather have the books and highlight certain terms and, and jargon and lingo. Like I'm a huge fan of jargon, lingo and terms. So like I want to be able to isolate that stuff, find it, <laughs> write it down. And I can't yes. get that out of an audiobook. So no. unless you want to release an audiobook and then just send out a list of terms and jargon that's new to that to that book then
0: that's been that's, that's what i did is i went to the wikipedia this morning to look at the names of the characters and stuff to write down um because i had to do that but but yeah it's just i you know from our perspective i would think it'd be easier if they would do like 20 minute 30 minute episodes a week that we could do a five minute quick segment on because it's easier to retain 20 minutes of information and make notes because I'm doing it while I'm driving. So all these notes that I just, I read to you, I scribbled down this morning. So it's just based on the memory of of what I listened to over the past 24 hours.
2: Right. Well, you did a great job. I mean, like uh, you sold me on
0: probably. I was just
1: buying this while I wasn't talking actually. Uh, I was going to tell you
0: for a sale on it, but yeah, it's really, I like it a lot. I I like it a lot. Oh, well that's less than I paid. But, uh, but it's 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 good. And
2: you it's, you the, sold me on the 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 uh Dooku's premonitions, and then and Palpatine meeting Dooku for the first time. Like, mm. This is the stuff I want to know. This is this yeah. is the good lore that I've I've been looking for. It's,
0: it's funny time. because when I was first listening to it, I, I assumed that for the first hour and a half, it's very much focused on a very short period of his of his childhood. And I'm like, oh, is this gonna be six hours of like of Do and Sifo and Sypho, as they call each other? Um, <laughs> Do what up, Do? <laughs> Please yeah. tell me that's not true. That is hundred percent true. Oh uh, no. That's not a joke. That's reality. Uh and so and it's fine, but I'm like, I can't do six hours of this. But when they started doing the time jump and they would jump into like different like yeah. adventures and 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 all tied into this overarching like theme of Dooku um still being connected with his family while also still trying to be part of the Jedi Order was really interesting and I really enjoyed it.
1: Wow. Well, it took three episodes, but you've totally convinced I did. Me, <laughs> and both of us. It, it actually sounds awesome. And especially to know that it's sort of like this first person thing mm-hmm. uh, is makes it even cooler. So yeah. right. well, you,
0: you get used to it after I it really did take me that first quarter to kind of figure out how to listen to it, if that makes yeah. sense. And then once yeah. I once I did, I fully engaged. But I, I, again, I think it's just there's some there's some sticking points about about this being a viable form yeah. of delivering it but no
1: one's gonna sit down and just listen to a thing you know it's always you listen to podcasts while you're doing something else usually driving um or something else and so it's sort of it's just an odd medium but um, yeah
0: i still honestly think that this was meant to be a podcast and they didn't do it they didn't pull the trigger because when you look at the chapter list um it does it's not broken up into chapters it doesn't say like chapter one chapter two um but it does kind of are broken up into like 20 to 30 minute segments yeah yeah. you can feel it like mini cliffhangers between those segments it's like just made to be like served in 20 30 minute chunks
1: interesting i wonder how much money they made on this because i mean the the price tag is outrageous
0: yeah i mean it's not really for it's a standard uh, audio audiobook price really right but but you know i've talked about if if it's through audible not to just buzz uh, market audible they don't really need my help but like you at least get the book and the uh and it for 20 dollars and and then i can kind of look through the book and and go back and reread it stuff but i don't or jump back and forth which i do sometimes reading. i mean
1: why why can't they just give it the same i mean i don't know it it sounds like they spent a lot of money on this and voice yeah and you know all the other uh i mean but uh all the other um sound design and and all that things, you know, but still it's not cheap to hire, uh, even just one voice actor to do a whole book. Yeah. They make insane money. So,
0: yeah.
1: Um, interesting. Well, cool. Well, um, uh, thank you for listening to this in in, in a tightened amount of time. I look forward to sort of listening to it over the course of a lot of time.
0: That's the way Uh, to do it. Break it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, um, and just sort of take my time with it. But I mean, it Duke is so cool and like his history is so cool, especially, so, um, yeah, well, looking forward to listening yeah. to it.
0: I think they did a really good job with the character. It feels true to that character in a lot of ways. So.
1: All right. Cool.
0: cool. Don't everybody thank me at once. Alrighty, Thank
2: you all for joining us for this new segment that we're calling. Don't everybody thank me at once. Kind of a fun, uh, little play on, uh, what the segment is. And that is that we're pitching show ideas for Disney plus, uh, with the advent of Disney plus, there has been talk of a lot of new shows coming to the platform, and it's fun to discuss back and forth uh, amongst us what could be fun as a show. You know, what's a great show idea that could give way to twenty a twenty six episode arc at least uh, that would be great, fascinating, fun to watch. And uh, so we're just going to go around. and We're going to share some show ideas, and with Bob Iger also confirming that uh, Disney Plus is going to go into production with a new series after casting Andor. We're also going to make our guesses and speculate on what that series could be as well. So, actually, why don't we start with that, guys? Why don't we start with what that series could be after Cassian? Andor, what do you think is the. He he said one or maybe two. He said at least one, I think. Okay. Well, one or two. I mean, like, what do you think
1: would be a great. I am just saying, like, it could be, yeah, there could be two shows, but um, yeah, like, what would be good
2: good ideas? And and to follow Mandalorian and follow Cassian, like, what would kind of. What would be commercially viable? You guys think?
0: Oh, do you want me to jump in since we're talking about commercially viable, and I did the sure. most uh, synergistic—that's uh, a word. <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, sure. So I'll—I'm going to give you the 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 thought of the general thought about it first. Then I'll give you the title, and then I'll give you the pitch. So, right. My thought is we need a series with a slightly lighter tone coming off of the Mandalorian and Cassian Andor, which are going to be both fairly dark, serious shows, right? I think we need to bring. Uh, Star Wars back to being adventurous and fun and light a little bit, and so I'm pitching The Dazzling Delights of Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities.
2: <laughs> oh!
0: That's a lot of alliteration. Be <laughs> You're welcome. Right so there. is this
1: going to be like QVC in the Galaxy Far, Far Away?
0: Or Oh, no, but I like that. No, it's going to be an anthology <laughs> series, because I love anthology series, and I think they're super viable, and I think it works well. Um, and you would have Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities uh, at your local Disney park as your framing device, right? It would be similar, and I've talked a little bit about this before. It'd be similar to that horrible 1980s, 90s show, the Friday the 13th show, right? Where where it started with this like basically uh, emporium of of of. Uh, cursed objects but i think we'd have each each episode we'd have a customer or someone else coming into doc ondoor's uh shop looking at an item inquiring about the item and then we cut to the story behind that item um and it would be um so and much synergy, so yeah, much very, synergy. Very, very, very yeah. similar to the premise of the Galaxy's Edge comic. Also exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I stole a little bit from that. As well, I had that idea before that comic came out, and that's when I started doing that. But this is the idea, right? It just and you can have different tones depending on it. Similar to Black Mirror. I mean, they're all dark, but you know, some of them are, are a little more horror-like. Some of them are a little more are a little yeah. more uh, thoughtful. Sci-fi,
1: uh,
0: yeah, uh, sci-fi. And this could be definitely a lot of adventure, a lot of swashbuckling, a lot of fun. Um, and a lot of different planets and a lot of different things that we want to see. So that's my quick pitch. Oh,
2: I, like it. I like the idea. I mean, what you're saying uh, in terms of, of lightening the tone after Mandalorian and Casting Andor makes perfect sense to me. I mean, Star Wars is an adventure brand, first and foremost, and it's an adventure for everybody. And I think those two shows are going to be dark and bleak and, I hope, action-packed. But um, I, I, I agree with you. I think we do need something a little lighter after those shows just to bring back the adventure for everybody, uh, a feel yeah. Star Wars. To,
1: to that note, I mean, I, I saw some people, and one of the reasons why I was thinking about doing this was I saw one of the things that's like, oh, does it mean like one of our shows is going to be the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? Mm. And, and um, I mean, we had talked about that and we talked about how much we would love it. But like yeah. now knowing what, what Mandalore is, it's like, i that's kind of was the pitch what I was hoping for the Obi-Wan show. Right. Yeah, uh, so like... it's just like, I mean, like, while I, I would love another Good and Bad and the Ugly in space, like, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know what they would do with Obi-Wan Kenobi that would be exciting or interesting or different than what they're, you know, like he could have sort of adventures. Yeah. I don't know, with other scoundrels, but he's like, he really just, you know, he's he's sitting in a hut you know getting old um, plus you have another right. show
0: on another desert planet or the right. same desert planet right like oh, it's, it's just the
1: yeah. same desert planet yeah yeah, I, mean, yeah. It, I don't know that i know what that show is anymore unless it's like uh, unless it's like a young obi-wan or something or like his secret time away with you know maybe his his summer in Mandalore <laughs> with uh you know duchess satine or whatever like I, I don't know what you do with him like on tatooine in that exile period that's yeah, I mean, Grant, you had a great pitch about him and having like the adversary be this like imperial um, investigator, sort yeah, of like yeah, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, sort of like um, when, it, when an imperial Sherlock inspector Holmes arrives, or something, yeah, yeah, like an imperial s- inspector arrives on Tatooine, Obi Wan must keep Luke hidden at all costs. That's like the basic like like idea for the show, but uh, that's morally complex. Like that's not leading to lighter territory after Mandalorian right. and Andor. Like I don't know if the Kenobi the right choice to make. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: was that one of your pitches, Grant?
2: Yeah. My, uh, yeah. I've been pitching the show forever. I feel like the only adversary you can have for Kenobi is a sort of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've been, I've been talking about that forever.
1: Okay. So that'd be sort of interesting. So it's just the two of them. It's like a shorter run, you mm-hmm. know, you get a Darth Vader cameo, right. And um, maybe, maybe spoilers. So, sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't want <laughs> to give away the coverage. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I thought of one that was sort of, and again, this is one I've been, I've been um, beating yeah. on for a while. And it, but it might not be, I don't know. I would hope it would be live action. We'll just say it could be, but we'd have to recast Luke Skywalker and it would be the like, it, I, but I think the format would be kind of similar to what, um, to what, uh, Adam was saying for his show where like, it might be, it might be like sort of a, a young, uh, so Mark Hamill Skywalker, um, maybe he set up the, uh, the, the new school, the new Jedi Academy and, uh, R2's there. And he's sitting down to record um the stories of what he's learned that are going to be the fundamental tenets for his new school um you know on that vision quest that he did afterwards, and then you flash back and maybe you recast a young a younger uh Luke Skywalker or something um, to go on these like crazy quests um through the galaxy
2: yeah yeah i've that- always I've always liked that show, but um I've always felt like Sebastian Stan is probably the best actor for that show, to 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 show those kind of uh explorations abroad with Luke and, and meeting new cultures and new societies and things like that. Yeah. yeah. But Girl, with, with every sorry. year.
0: Yeah. So right, I'm, I'm all- almost
2: exactly, and so I'm almost thinking that if you look back at the old tales of the Jedi comics, I hate uh-huh. going back to tales of the Jedi because I always do. But um, <laughs> it starts <laughs> off with some navigators during the very, very early hit, prehistory of the the Republic. There's these navigators. I think they were even Jedi navigators that uh, were exploring the kind of unknown regions. And then you also get the similar ideas with the outbound flight book, right, uh, by Timothy Zahn, which is kind of an exploratory mission. And then you have the the factor that it could the kind of problem that it could lean a little bit to star Trek with a yeah. kind of exploratory mission of an unknown territory of space. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, but what could differentiate it is that you could have these navigators be Jedi. You know what I mean? Like you could have yes. them be mystics, you know, and the like
1: quest being like mythology and learning more about them. Exactly.
2: Mystic navigators. I think we're all on I think we're all in for that series. Right guys? Like a mystic yeah. navigators, exploring yeah. new societies, new cultures, new processes, things like that. I think. That, I think that would be fascinating but you have the, the the fear that it could lean Star Trek which is dangerous. For but Star I mean, War- you can
1: yeah you can figure that out. I mean yeah I
0: guess yeah. so.
2: I think that mysticism element will be is
1: enough. And, and but if you had a popular character like Luke Skywalker um that was directed correctly, you know like heck have Mark Hamill direct the show like or you know whatever like it I don't know um, yeah. What well, was cool about the early if, Tales of the like, Jedi
2: comics is they were like kind of also navigating uh, 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 the galaxy and, and exploring new territories for just expanding the the Republic. So there's right. yeah. kind of an interesting uh, notion to that as well. Um, yeah, it could be it could be Luke Skywalker though. I mean, that would yeah. be the idea. Oh,
0: I love that. Yeah, I love that idea. And I, we talked. I think we Ben, you might have flowed this idea earlier. It also works quite well as an animated series, right? Like,
1: yeah. That's what I was have... sort of bumbling over was like it would be easier as an animated series but we're talking specifically about live action. Plus yeah. right now um I think you could do both it would be easier yeah. but I think it would be more impactful live action.
0: I think so too and I think people are willing to look at a recast on, on that on Han especially if you have him in uh Jedi robes a lot with his ro- with his hood up quite a bit like you can Yeah. You can, people will forgive it. I mean people seemed okay with uh with what's his name is Han Solo as uh Aaron Rick yeah,
1: Iron Reich. Yeah. yeah, they could find some you know, new yeah. rising star to do that. Um, yeah. And but like, I mean, you got to get Hamill involved.
0: Um, because... Yeah, I like that framing. Like, kind of the, the, the <laughs> now my mind's just thinking of uh, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles Shia we... uh, No, no, no,
2: was Phoenix series. River Phoenix. Uh, no, not... no. Oh, the TV series you mean? Okay. Yeah, the TV series where it had yeah. a framing uh,
0: device. The first episode is like super old indie in a in a, uh, in a uh, um, museum. Telling some kids his story as a kid,
2: yeah. Well, if you continue with the solo story, I almost feel like that show needs to be titled Cloud Riders or Crimson Dawn, like depending on which which side yeah. of the spectrum yeah. you tell the story from. But um, I would love a Cloud Rider show with Empress Nest because she was barely exploring solo. Mm. I would love. To, I would love to star her mother and kind of do a prequel to that whole thing. Mm. Um, that'd be incredible. I mean, because I've been harping on Crimson Dawn forever, but maybe the show is Cloud Riders, and I've just not been thinking about that angle
1: oh so that could be the that could be your angle in on mall and the and the crimson dawn and exactly. because yeah, yeah. oh so suddenly you're on the 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 protagonist side right right, exactly. right. Ooh, oh
0: smart i like that
2: mm. um i have a bunch of show ideas to bring down <clears throat> do you want me to just list some of the ideas i have yeah do it sure man. uh obviously uh, uh here's the ones i'll do i'll do fresh first and then i'll do ones that i've been harping on forever so fresh might be like Inquisitors, like that, might be a fun show where we actually go into the the, the characters that are the the inquisitors for the Empire and mm. working on Vader, and you might get some cameos of Vader. You might not, but um, I think they they have a very interesting moral dilemma going on, especially if some of them were Jedi's in the past. Like that is fascinating to explore. Yeah, so, uh, the Inquisitorious and the Inquisitors, it might be incredible. Um, nice old Commander Cody. I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, all right. Because I want to bring Tamora Morrison back I in Star Wars say. in some way. And I was thinking, what clone do you highlight? What clone do you use as the main protagonist? And I was like, you know, Commander Cody had a lot of screen time in Revenge of the Sith. He was kind of a pivotal in the uh, character in the Order 66 uh, um, to, to task. Like, why not just explore Cody and where he is after all that, all that, you know, his his time being brainwashed and his time, you know, exiting the Empire and things like that.
1: So would that be a focus of it, like because he didn't wasn't able to remove his chip like Rex and um, and Wolf? Um, so like it would be sort of like what it's like to be a brainwashed, you know, clone post,
2: you know, exactly, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, mm. almost like a sleeper agent kind of story.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, me. I mean, you can always uh, write it that like it malfunctioned, right? Like that one in uh that Clone Wars arc where the one
2: mm-hmm.
0: malfunctioned yeah. and the kids the guy, started trying to kill Jedi.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like an EMP like a, or something.
0: Like yeah, turned it, it off. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Uh, Guardians of the Wills could be a show. Like, you know, uh Surinimwe uh, oh. and um uh, yeah. it could be something centered around those guys, you know, a prequel to Rogue One and a kind of a prequel story, but about the Guardians of the Wills, that could be fun. But like, like you know, in the in the peak of their power, Guardians of the Wills. Uh there was a book not, called maybe Guardians maybe the of the Wills. That oh, of, there was there? Okay.
1: Yeah, that sort of abutted it. Um, and yeah. it's sort
2: of them sort of destitute and like sort of losing their religion. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's fun because you have the force involved in the storytelling, but nobody is force, nobody is a strong force sensitive to right. the point where they're moving objects or crushing people and things like that. So it's like, it's, it's kind of more tamed and balanced, yet you can still discuss the force. And I think that'd be really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah that's cool. I like that.
2: Um, the ascendancy could go into the chiss that's a lot of makeup and it's a lot of like a lot of new <laughs> set design and a lot of new art direction so it might be a little too much money for a tv series and it might be too right.
0: alien. well but. it might be but th- in terms of makeup it's not that it's not that much i mean they're, they're doing it on ugh, agents of shields right now they're i was
1: gonna it. say that's what made me think of like oh man it's like the Cree. yeah <laughs>
0: On agents of shield yeah yeah so you could do it but that's interesting that's all i like, got
2: that's, that that that's all i got for fresh ideas that's a lot it of yeah, ideas. No, no, no. you're slacking uh, grant young young mace windu i think would be a great story i think that'd be a great tv series especially yeah. if it's like a tale of the master or a master's journey or i don't know how you title it but like what about
1: old mace windu with one hand
2: <laughs> i mean that's the comic i want that's the pulpy yeah. like
0: how is yeah. that not a thing yet like it's how did that not happen yeah. He didn't die in camera. If he doesn't, you know, it's Star Wars. So he would not die in camera. There's
1: no like real estate for it, you know. Like if yeah. he existed, he would be a force, and he would have factored into something, you know. Unless like, we see him, and unless we see him in uh, Force Awakens, you know. Well, right. I mean, in Force in uh, uh, right, Surprise of yeah.
2: Skywalker. Yeah. Um <laughs> I want like Frank Miller or like Alan Moore to handle that or something. You know what I mean? Like something really dark. <laughs> <Frank Yeah. Miller.
1: laughs> God. Yeah, or
2: so much Tarantino. for like, oh, takes a break from okay. write the comic. Well, oh,
0: like maybe <laughs> he just maybe he pulls a Hawkeye, right? Like maybe like after all the Jedi are gone, he's not really concerned with like <laughs> getting rid of the Empire because he just knows it's futile. But he just goes around killing like bad guys, like just killing a uh, like uh, uh, people in the in the uh, underworld. It would
1: make sense that he would go into exile also, like Mm -hmm. has the same idea that um, that Yoda has and and sort of does that. But it'd be sort of funny if it's like he keeps trying to be Jules wanting to just walk the earth, but he keeps getting pulled into these shenanigans. And, you know, it could be a grimy Coruscant thing. Like maybe he never left Coruscant.
2: Yeah. yeah, what if he gets like abducted by a criminal syndicate and then he's also turned into a cyborg like Vader? It gets like real pulpy and real yeah. crazy. And therefore you don't have all the all the I mean, he can he can struggle with the memories of his past, but oh maybe. right. Yeah, like yeah. Maybe, maybe they've been erased, you know what I mean? So,
1: yeah, loses touch with the force for a little while, but like the force keeps talking to him. That'd be pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Um you guys have any other, other, other ideas?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, again, another one that I'm just worth saying again. I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know how they do it. I guess it would have to be animated, but uh, the Jedi Academy, the, yeah. like, um, you know, Luke Skywalker's Jedi Academy. And maybe, you know, you can wrap it up in that other one where they're just sort of going back and forth. And actually, it could sort of go in parallel. You could sort of see a young um, Ben Skywalker, uh, Ben Solo, and I don't know. I don't know, but I, I want to see that story in some in some way. Yeah, me too. I don't know how we'd see. I, I it would have to be animated, but again, it's like. Do I, I don't know if I want to see another tragedy either. It's like you know which way that one's going, and um, it's like I, I want to see a Star Wars story that I that isn't going to end in tragedy. <laughs> that let right. know. Nice. It's like yeah. not like a, like watching the Titanic. Like you know, you know, right. But um, but still, like I, I'd like to. I'd like
2: a window into that. It's an epic The Russo brothers are doing. They were doing a decent job with uh, Deadly Class last time I watched it. I haven't watched, I've only seen up to episode five, but I imagine a show like that would be structured. Mm -hmm. Structured similar to Deadly Class in terms of like you're getting a kind of a view into each student's life and how they're maintaining uh, their curriculum or whatever. Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, Cool. Uh, Do you guys want to hear more ideas? I have like a million ideas here. Um. Uh, sure. What do you got? Uh, um. Young Tarkin. I've been talking about it forever. Could go into yeah. his past on Iridu. It, it could talk about hunting, the severity of his conditioning. Kind of maybe have some Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy elements as he get o- as he gets older. Um, that could be a great show. Uh, I've been talking about Leia, like Princess of Alderaan, for a long time. Kind of a young Leia, uh, yep. much like the books that Claudia Gray released. Um, kind of exploring her early duties, uh, kind of before she joined the Senate. Um dr afro i mean come yeah. on i've been talking about dr afro forever it could be colorful like guardians it could explore all these relics much like your doc Ondar idea uh adam like it, it's just so yeah. much to dr afro that could be beautiful and interesting as a disney plus streaming show
0: yeah. i'd love to see that i i think i love that i think um with that i would actually prefer it um in possibly an anime style
2: Ooh, that'd be gorgeous wow, that'd be
0: um, yeah, because you could do it justice. My only issue with doing it as a TV show is like I feel like you're going to lose so much of that amazing, like just the 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 creativity of of the diversity of alien and locations and you know. But but I do love that character and I want to see her in something.
2: Me too. Yeah, and I would love a yeah just a Asian lead like we need yeah. Star Wars would be great. Um, maybe uh, depending on how there's, these episode nine wraps up and if there's a new Republic established, maybe something that's like the free Republic and it's like the West wing. It really gets into the politics Mm. of of star Wars, which I find fascinating. I know a lot of people didn't really like that element of prequels, but I would love that show. Honestly, me too.
1: Yeah. Well, they could have, they, they plucked a couple of the, the key actors too and carried them forward. That'd be neat. Nice. Yeah.
2: And then, um, yeah, maybe Mara Jade's not canon, but you do do an emperor's hand. Show on Disney Plus, and it's yeah. someone who works directly under the Emperor. I mean, that would be fascinating.
0: Yeah. Well, so, as far as I know, she's not not canon either, right? Like, like that's true. Until yeah. someone decides to bring her in, she's still yeah. up for the taking. and I mean, it may not have a relationship with Luke Skywalker the way she did in the Old EU, but she could still be a thing.
2: Definitely, definitely. Um, cool. And I'll spare you guys. You guys can finish off the segment. I have no idea what else to pitch to you guys. <laughs> that's
0: all right. You only came up with twenty.
2: Yeah, I know. It's good to know you got some ideas,
0: Grant. You're
1: not, not letting yeah. us down. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Basically, uh, I think what we're saying is Disney should give us a call. We four know, of
2: which I have show Bibles for Disney.
1: Yeah. To me. <laughs> yeah. Don't That's everyone anyone thank us or everyone thank us at once. Mm-hmm. We're doing this hard work for you here. And, uh, um, yeah, super fun, man. A lot uh, of great ideas. Oh, but,
2: but if you're following us on Twitter or Instagram, by all means, like, tell us what, if any of these ideas that you like, do do tell us. And, um That'd be that'd be fun to hear back from you guys. And also share your ideas. Like we yeah. love to hear your ideas for shows on Disney Plus because yeah. I mean it's still the golden age of television and streaming shows are all the rave. So I, I imagine if there's any in to creating any kind of series, a Star Wars series, the easiest in is probably a streaming show. So Definitely. by all means, do picture shows, people.
1: Yeah. And yeah, Darkside, side, we look forward to you claiming these ideas for your own. That'll be great in a week. Um, <laughs> just kidding i'm just sure you're listening and stealing our own like yes well. <laughs> give us credit that's all i'm saying It's credit where credit's due yeah be nice um otherwise um super fun job um fun time thanks for um doing all that um good work and good listening um great week guys um who knows what we'll hear next week um but i hope you're all here to uh experience with us so thank you again for listening, and may the Force be with you.
2: This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. <laughs>